Aloha. What is up, Penn Nation? How you guys doing tonight? You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. Thanks for joining us each and every week. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you. We've got a kick-ass show, four awesome guests, and four awesome conversations. However, as always, before we talk about tonight's lineup, you guys know what's up. I tell you every week, your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. You name it, we got it. Stay up to date on the sport you love of mixed martial arts. Our whole team is always hard at work, bringing you guys the most reliable, incredible information, all the hot topics, all the breaking news, everything you crave from the sport you love, BJPenn.com. We have got you covered, guys. Now, as for the lineup for this episode, as I mentioned, four great guests. We're going to kick things off with one of the many talented athletes that received a contract on this season of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. However, I personally believe that this gentleman is one of the hottest prospects to come out of this series since maybe Sean O'Malley. Eight-second TKO victory, awarded the contract. Of course, I'm talking about Alonzo Menafield. In his return to the show, we're going to recap the victory, discuss finally getting that UFC contract, who he'd like to make his debut against, when he'd like to make that debut, and a whole lot more. Pleasure to speak with Alonzo as always. Again, of everybody to come out of that series this season, make sure you keep your eye on this guy. Then, our second guest, Bellator Bantamweight Champion, set to move up to 145 to take on Nawad Lahat at Bellator 204 next weekend. Of course, I'm talking about the Wolf, Darian Caldwell. We're going to preview his fight with Nawad, discuss moving up in weight, his pursuit of multiple championships and multiple weight classes, who he believes will be next at 135 pounds to challenge for his title, and his plans to go into 2019 as a two-division champion. Next up after Darian, very good friend of BJPenn.com Radio, a gentleman I've had the pleasure working with for many, many years, one of the most brilliant minds in all of martial arts, and head striking coach of the reigning defending UFC bantamweight champion who just got a huge victory over who you could say is his arch nemesis, Cody Garbrandt, over the weekend, that being TJ Dillashaw. Of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Dwayne's going to give us his expert breakdown of how the fight played out, what they were game planning going into the bout, the subsequent finish, what should be next for TJ, what matchups he'd like to see, and his constant evolution as a martial artist, as an instructor, working with arguably one of the best athletes in the business today. And finally, to wrap things up, closing out this episode, another good friend of BJPenn.com Radio, the brash and outspoken polarizing figure that you've all come to love or hate, the interim UFC welterweight champion, Colby Chaos Covington. As always, a lot to discuss with Colby. We're going to talk about him meeting Donald Trump. We'll discuss his title situation, the possibility of him being stripped, his thoughts on the matchup between Woodley and Till, and fighting either one of those guys, and a whole lot more. As you guys know, Colby always brings the fire. Another must-listen interview with Chaos himself. So there you have it. That's the lineup. 
BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Let's kick things off with Alonzo Menafield. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show undefeated light heavyweight prospect and a man who recently punched his ticket to the UFC on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Of course, I'm talking about Alonzo Menafield. Thanks for joining us again today, Alonzo. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? It's going pretty good. Pretty good, indeed. Very good. Where are you calling us from? You down south in Texas today? Yeah, I'm in Texas. I just got from, uh, I just came from Dallas. Now I'm back in Arlington. Cool, cool. Putting in hard work in the gym, as always, I presume. Yeah, yeah. You know, I even built the gym in my garage. So, uh, I work, you know, constantly at Fortis or at Saxon or Jiu-Jitsu, wherever I can find it. I'm always working. Yeah, I think that's really important, man. The home gym, I mean, if something comes to mind, a technique or an idea for, you know, uh, uh, a drill or something, just being able to go in your garage and, and work on that, it, that that's tremendous, uh, tremendously beneficial for you, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed, man. I, I, I'm uh, working with a boxing coach, uh, Foley, I guess. I can't say his name right, but uh, yeah, he's teaching all kinds of striking techniques, and I'm going in the garage and I'm practicing. And I'm noticing a big difference. I bet, man. I bet. Now, last time we spoke was a week or so prior to your second appearance on the show, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. You were confident. You were humble. You were going into this fight with uh, Deshaun Boltwright. But honestly, man, getting the TKO in eight seconds, that's up there with the fastest finishes in the UFC history. Uh, It doesn't get much better than that, right? Right, right. So, you know, with that, I was like super excited and I felt like it propelled me uh, very, very well in the USC as far as, you know, me moving in there and letting it be known that I'm here. Right. Not only did you stake your claim to the to the contract, but you also put everybody else on notice. Right. Put everyone on notice. Yeah, indeed, on notice. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, like, waiting to get, get in there. I'm, I'm eager. I, be- I believe it, man. I believe it. Now, uh, Deshaun, he protested the finish, but, you know, watching from home... You could see his eyes roll for a second. Uh, did you think that maybe the ref could have let it go a little longer, or were you happy with the stoppage? Uh, I was, you know, hoping that the ref would let it, you know, keep, keep going so I could beat him some more. <laughs> but, I mean, but the fact that he came in, I, I felt like it was good because it, I was only hitting him with my left hand. So, by the time the right hand was about to come, the ref stepped in and saved him. Right, right. Now, you were very pumped up after the fight. Clearly a lot of adrenaline going after a finish like that. Did you know right then and there that, that you'd be getting that contract? Uh, yeah, I figured that would be good enough. And, you know, I was looking at all other fights, and I figured it would be good. And, uh, yeah, so I was just happy, and that's why I was, like, just thank, thanking God. Because I was like, yeah, I'm in there. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, out of all of the fights on that on that event that night, it only makes sense to give the guy with the eight-second TKO the uh, the contract. But uh, so now that you're officially a UFC athlete, must be very excited to begin this new chapter in your mixed martial arts career. Uh, that being said, man, is there any update on when you plan to make your debut? Uh, well, I don't know when, but I'm hoping you know October's thing. And the funny thing, before it became a big fight, I was planning on fighting in Las Vegas October sixth. So I was like hoping that I get on that card. And I'm like, whoever I fight, I'd be fantastic. You know, and I was like thinking about fun fights would be like Paul Craig or, you know, anyone. I don't know, whatever. But I just mentioned him because, you know, 
his, I guess, rep has been. Or anyone else, they've matched me up again. But, uh, yeah, hopefully October 6th. Right, that's a huge card. Anybody would love to get on that card. That would be a big opportunity for you to showcase your skills at the highest level on the biggest stage. Um, but, you know, after you were awarded the contract, you said you weren't really looking to call anybody out just yet. Uh, now that you've had some time to think about it, you mentioned Paul Craig. Who makes sense for you other than Paul, and what matchups are you really going to be pushing for now? Um, well, Paul Craig makes sense to me because, you know, he's losing one barely uh, via uh, submission, and I figured he's a good, tough, a tough guy, and that would be an exciting fight. You know, Icon Kupalapi, if I'm saying his name right. I like to mix it up with him, but I who knows? See what get that happen or happening. Um, as far as anyone else, uh, what's the guy that fought uh, Tyson Pedro in a light heavyweight fight? He beat him Kamora. Oh, God. Uh, uh, like, uh, or something like that? Man, I'm drawing I a blank it. on that. Right, right, but <laughs> right. I'll take him on too. Even Tyson is best possible. Uh, Pedro. Yeah, uh, so many new yeah. faces in the division, you know. Yeah, so many, man. But uh, yeah, I just if you if I was a pinpoint, I just what comes to my mind right now is Paul Craig. It just popped up in my mind. That comes to mind. So skill for skill, style against style. I mean, any one of the guys that 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 you've mentioned there. They make the most sense for you to make the debut and 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 put your name on the map and uh, get some momentum going into this division, which is quite frankly full of killers. Yeah, yeah. So if I got a, you know a bunch of killers, man, I feel I, I feel that I'm one of them though. So yeah, definitely. You know, just give me that fight, and uh, they'll see. Now, given the uh, the exposure and the success you've had on the show, do you think do you think like the UFC might be more inclined to give you the matchups that you're asking for? Uh, yeah, and then no. Um, because, you know, I just I just don't understand how it works yet. Uh, but, you know, I, I made it easy for them, or the matchmakers. I just called out, you know, Paul Craig. So, hopefully we get that going, and uh, I'll go over six of you today. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, they always talk about that, making making it easy for the matchmakers when you call a guy out. Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, stylistically how you guys match up, you know, give me your thoughts on Paul Craig. Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, he had that incredible last-minute finish in his in his previous outing. Uh, what do you think of him as an opponent and as an athlete? Man, I think he's a good opponent. You know, he's tough. And uh, given all the people he's been fighting with are tough, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, like, looking forward to fighting him if that is a chance. And, uh, you know, he's good with the ground. And I've always want to, you know, go in there with someone that's good on the ground and challenge myself. So I feel that would be a good first uh, step to doing that in the UFC. So for you, it's a, it's a testing yourself against the guy that, you know, a lot of people would maybe call you a striker, and, and you want to be able to showcase your talents and abilities on the ground. Yeah, indeed, right? Because I, I like to be free. And I know it may be corny or whatever, but like Bruce Lee, you know, be free foremost. So, but to me, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I want to be and, and what I am in the MMA world. Uh, not corny to me, man. I love that quote. Formless, shapeless like water, my friend. I, I agree with you 100%. That's what martial arts is all about. Right, right. I agree. Now, obviously, you're going to have to string together some wins before you can get the really bigger names in the division. Uh, but putting aside all of that for a moment, if you could pick anyone in the division, anybody at all, 
Who would you be most excited for? I guess what I'm asking is, what's your dream matchup right now? Dream matchup? Jante uh, uh, Vellante. Uh, I'll fight him. Me and two big, powerful guys. Uh, he's been in it for a long time. Uh, but dream matchup besides him, who's ranked up there high, uh, all, all top 10 uh, UFC fighters. <laughs> right. Right. Anybody that's going to put you one step closer to that title, right? Right, right. To getting up there in the, in the rank. In the rank. That's what I want. Now, Gian, I mean, that's not a fight that, I mean, it's a possibility given that, that he's a type of guy that will that will fight anybody, but very durable dude. I think that would be a fantastic matchup as far as styles go. That'd be a really fun one for the fans. Right, right. That would be a dangerous show, man. Me and him go at it. He's a big, uh, powerful guy. I'm, I'm powerful, maybe a little quicker. But, uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. What's your take on the division right now? You know, it doesn't seem like DC is going to be defending that belt until somebody, you know, some of these fights play out. That leaves you with the perfect opportunity to, to make some noise before the end of the year, go into 2019 with a lot of momentum towards the title. Yeah, yeah, indeed, right? Uh, a lot of momentum. So let's get it going. Well, in, in regards to the, the title picture, you know, you know, based on what we've seen with Volkan Ozdemir, Anthony Smith, it's not re- unrealistic to assume that, you know, you could get that eventual title shot fairly quickly. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If we look at Anthony Smith, right? He's fought uh, two old guys, and like he's up there with uh, Volkan, and he beats him, he gets the title shot, man. That's, so, yeah, yeah, I definitely can be up there in a matter of, like, you know, no time. Right. And if I get to... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like with Volkan, I think three fights, and then he's already in the title, the position for the title shot. So, uh, you know, we've, we've seen stranger things in this division, and I think, uh, you know, like I said, given how things are right now, it's a perfect opportunity for a guy like yourself. Uh, but speaking yeah, of... Perfect. Right, right. Speaking of Volkan and Anthony, though, uh, who do you like in that matchup? Um... I like Anthony, you know, he's an underdog to me, because, you know, he comes from 185, and, you know, he's been... Uh, fighting, you know, pretty well. But given, you know, the, the two opponents he fought, you know, they're, they're older or whatnot. Take, I take nothing away from them. But him going against uh, Volkron, you know, now that's more of a, you know, uh, a, I guess a fair matchup. So after that, I would see if he's super good. But if I was to go with someone, I would, I would go with Volkron. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, him taking out two legends of the sport. I am and always have been a huge Shogun fan. That was a little heartbreaking for me to see. When you watch a guy get finished like that, I mean, are you concerned for his health? Do you think that maybe Shogun's at the point where he should taper down and, and maybe hang him up? Nah, nah, Shogun, keep fighting, man. Keep fighting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> keep on fighting, man. They let you fight. Keep fighting. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think he should take some some fights, big fights, big names, some some fights that we've wanted to see him in. And, uh, you know, right off into the sunset as the bad mamma jamma that he always has been. But, uh, by the way, did you watch UFC 227 last night? What did you think of the card? Oh, man, I was in love, man. I was in love. So, I, I loved it, watched it, loved it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, Cejudo. Uh, I love Henry Cejudo. He was, he was a, a big big guy I liked in there. And uh, the soccer, for me, I thought Cody was going to come in and win. You know, and I've I, I seen TJ, and I know of him, and I think he's a good guy. But I was like, that trilogy, man, that third fight, I was like, we're going to see the third one. But uh, TJ went in there and finished, uh, finished him off. 
Right, it kind of went opposite, right? Because you'd think that uh, you'd get the the, the trilogy fight with TJ and Cody, but now it looks like we're going to be looking at the trilogy fight between Henry and Demetrius. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. So I'm I'm more excited about that. (laughs) How did you score that, the Cejudo and and DJ fight? You know, a lot of people had it even going into the fifth. How'd you score it? Yeah, a lot of people said two, two, man. I gave Cejudo from the second round all the way to to the last round. That's kind of what I did. Just on the takedown, because, you know, he was controlling him, even though it wasn't, like, pretty. But I was like, Demetrius, for me, he was, he, you know, he's technical, so he did a lot of movement. His movement weren't, like, boxing tradition-like movement, where it's, like, footwork. Right. He was just, like, he was moving around, like, left, right, backwards, kind of, like, retreating. So, based on that, I was like, yes, yeah, the was winning. Yeah, and Cejudo made you know made quick work of uh the, you know the calling out the champ TJ for you know or the winner of the next fight rather. However, I think everybody would agree that Mighty Mouse deserves the re- immediate rematch, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, because given that it's so close, right? People say two and two is close. You know, some of them say it's controversial, but yeah, let let that that happen again if it's possible. And uh, yeah, yeah, then, and after that, if if it's possible, then TJ and Cejudo go at it. Yeah, man. Yeah, crazy night of fights. Great card, though. I think a lot of people were shitting on the uh, the undercard, but I think the whole the whole uh, whole event was good. Uh, but getting back to what's next for you, man. Paul Craig, whoever whoever the fight may be, how soon are you hoping to have a deal done for this UFC debut? Oh, man, I, I'm just hoping whenever. So uh, whenever a deal opens up or anything opens, you know, throw me in there, drop me in there, put me in there. I'll be ready. Do you think you'll be able to get in uh, two fights before the end of the year, or is one more realistic for you? Oh, man, if I can get two, that'll be awesome, man. I'll fight in October, I'll fight in December. So that'll be perfect. Now, uh, I'll be ready. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying, uh, yeah, October, December. Right, right. Exactly. Perfect amount of time, assuming there's no injuries. But speaking of injuries... Are you a guy that, you know, are you, do you walk around close to fight weight or, you know, uh, rather, uh, close to what your weight is during training camp? You know, would you be willing to step in short notice if somebody else gets injured? Uh, yeah, I'll step step in, you know, I can drop 18 pounds, 15, 18, no problem. Uh, I normally walk around 220 to 225. So, you know, just, just to keep it safe, you know, cause I don't want to be out of shape and cardio be down I go and spar and maybe you know knock me out in a sparring session because I'm tired so I've, I've always stay in shape uh, so given that if you know if I happen I'll be ready yeah you make a great point there man you know not only do you go to battle and what you do as a profession but all those days in the gym grind and there's a lot of battles that go on in there too so I uh, definitely got to yeah. stay in shape year-round uh, but listen all right Alonzo greatly appreciate the time today uh, in conclusion, my friend, what would you say to Paul Craig or any of these other guys to really encourage them to, to take the fight with you in October 6th? Uh, yeah, you know, anyone, uh, including Paul Craig, if you were to take the fight, man, we would put on a great show uh, and, you know, basically entertain your folks because I'll come with it and I'll, I'll make you come with it, whether you want it or not. And uh, it'll be definitely exciting. And who knows what it'll turn out to be. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Well, I certainly hope you get that matchup. You mentioned Gian Vellante. I'd really like to see that one. I don't know if the rankings will allow it at this time, but that's a fight I'd look forward to. 
Very much looking forward to this debut. All the future has in store for you, my friend. Hopefully we can catch up again once something gets announced. Uh, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Uh, as far as uh, me, uh, I got Instagram at Alonzo Minifield MMA. Um, I have Facebook as Alonzo T. Minifield. Uh, Twitter as Alonzo Minifield. So if anyone wants to shout me out or hit me up or add me or whatever, follow me, just, just go along. Let's, let's ride. Yeah, you know, I, I meant to ask you that. What's what's the reception been like since you've had these two big experiences? Do you feel like the fans are really getting behind you? Do, do they recognize you? Do you uh, think you're making some noise within the MMA community? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You know, a lot of people add me and they, they talk to me via internet or, you know, Instagram or Facebook, and it's, it's pretty cool uh, to, to see that happen after the Dana White Contender Series. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just a good, great experience because, you know, I like to be a factor and, like, you know, changing people if possible for the better. Yeah, I know we discussed it last time, but you have a lot to offer this sport as far as a role model goes. You're very marketable, and I, I have no doubt that the that the sky is the limit for you, my friend. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Alonzo. I hope you have a great day, man. You too, man. Thank you very much. All right, we'll chat again soon. All right, cool, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, later. Again, if you guys aren't familiar with Alonzo, I would recommend that you look into his backstory, understand that he has incredible marketing potential, very inspirational story, a ton of talent, goes for the kill, and an awesome addition to the UFC's light heavyweight division. But as we always do, let's keep it moving. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Bellator bantamweight champ moving up to 145 to seek a second title, Darian the Wolf Caldwell. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show the current Bellator bantamweight champ, NCAA Division I wrestling champ. Of course, I'm talking about Darian the Wolf Caldwell. Thanks for taking the time to join us today, Darian. How is your day going, man? It's going good, man. Just uh, just finished up some workouts and uh, actually about to head back up to the gym here in a bit. Very good, very good. Now you're slated to make the move up to featherweight and compete against Nawad Laha at Bellator 204 next weekend. First things first, man, how has your training camp been? It's been good, man. It's been extensive. I I learned uh, about the fight, you know, uh, seven, eight weeks out, so... Uh, the camp's been, camp's been good. Now, tell us about the decision to move up and wait, you know, given that you're already the 135-pound champ. Well, uh, right now, I feel like those 35ers, um, right now, they're playing, they're playing catch-up. You know, and, until um, someone wants to sign up on a dotted line um, and, and challenge me for, for the title, you know, then... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and move forward and, and do what I've, I've already planned on doing, which is uh, being a two-division champion and, and winning a 145-pound belt. So basically, it's a, it's a lack of contenders at 135 pounds, and you're also going to pursue multiple multiple titles and multiple weights. That's accurate? Correct. And it, it's not, and it's nobody's fault you know, besides the fighters that are fighting. You know, it's that, that, that it's their fault then you know they're not caught up to me you know and so um 
now I'm given the opportunity to go ahead and and and, and fight at a, a heavier weight class, you know, with a little bit uh, deeper competition, and uh, now uh, be a two division champion. And also an opportunity to to test yourself, right? Absolutely. You know, and that's that's the main goal in the sport. You know, you want to be tested. You want to, you know, know that you know you're you're, you're your status is for a reason. At least me. You know, I, I don't care to just continue to roll over guys. You know, I want to, you know, go where you know um, where the competition is a little bit more steep. Where I'm not the champ at yet. You know, and that's one forty-five. Well, absolutely, and that's and that's already sounding. You know, you sound like a true champion just in saying that you want to be tested, you want to be challenged, rather than steamroll guys. Uh, but obviously, wrestlers like yourself are very accustomed to cutting weight. I know that's never been an issue, but I'm sure you're enjoying being able to eat a bit more for this training camp. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, now I'm going to training with more energy. You know, my days throughout my days of I can I can live the way I want to, you know, and just relax instead of having to, you know, take out some some nutrients out of my meal and, and feel like crap throughout the day and then have to go back to another workout. You know, I'm doing these small interviews, you know, as as of just had you know uh, two tacos, you know, and doing healthy tacos, but you know, if I was cutting one thirty five, uh, I'd be I'd be eating maybe like a. a a piece of fish or something, you know, so. Right, right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a difference, you know. The energy level is there, you know, the training camp has been, you know, extensive, but it's been a good training camp because I've had so much energy, so. Um, look for me to be a, a lot more explosive um, August 17th, you know, whereas, you know, used to usually cutting, cutting a lot of weight, and to be honest, the last fight that I fought, you know, was the first time I've gotten back up to a weight where I felt like I was explosive, you know, which is probably why I kind of jumped the gun, you know, where, where, where when I got my hands on Leandro, he was so, you know, so fragile, so kind of just not, so not what I'm used to, you know, I'm used to like my, me being like a little, um, a little bit less energized or having a little bit less strength because of the, because of the cut 35, but this, that last fight I was able to, you know, Get back, uh, get back the uh, the weight that I wanted back on, you know. And that's why I was able to be so explosive and you know have the strength that I have, I, I had, and I, I think that's going to be the same case. It's going to be the case this fight at 145. Where I'll be just as explosive, you know, more explosive, and uh, have a lot more strength. Well, first of all, just going through a training camp and being able to eat some tacos—that's always a good thing. But it sounds to me like. Uh, you know, your your last fight, you rehydrated a little bit better. But for this fight, moving up in weight, you feel like this might be a, a better spot for you as far as uh, physically depleting yourself. Absolutely, you know. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of weird because you know my body almost knows when I'm going to training camp. So uh, early on in this training camp, my body dropped down like low fifties, and I'm like, whoa, you know, what are you doing? I'm not going down to thirty five, you know. And so I had to make the adjustments, you know, yeah. to to keep the extra 10 pounds on, you know. So I'm not waking up at 151, 152s. I'm waking up at 61s, 62s for training camp, you know. So it was definitely some adjustments, you know, that I had to make, but, you know, the right adjustments. Now, we, we see time and time again in this sport, you know, everybody is, uh, as of late in particular, everybody seems to be moving up 
testing themselves in multiple weight classes, but most guys have more success when they move up in weight, fight closer to their natural walk-around weight. Uh, do you think if you have some big success, success here at featherweight, would you possibly uh, look at this as a permanent move? Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm a champ at 135, so um, why, why would I give up my bet at 135? Somebody's got to beat me. Right. Um, I don't see... Don't nobody ask the boxers to give up belt or stay at one weight class, you know? Like, they they ask the boxers to go get all the belts you can, you know? And so, that's how I'm on it. Like, I'm trying to get all the belts I can, you know? Once I earn the 45-pound belt, you know, I want the 65-pound belt, you know? And I'm going to defend the 55-pound belt just as I am the 35-pound belt. Well, not only is that very ambitious, but, uh, you know, I credit you for, for doing exactly what all the highest paid athletes in the sport, these boxers are doing, you know, trying to capture multiple titles. Uh, but what, what weight is too high? I mean, do you think 155 would be the cap for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless, uh, you know, obviously the older you get, the more weight you put on, you know, but I walk around at 170, you know, so with the right training camp, you know, with the right coaches, nutrition wise, um, I can make that gentle 170. Okay. I can I like those guys too. I don't need to see because I like all those guys. But again, I'm a little guy, but I will fight those guys given the right opportunity. It has to be the right opportunity, you know. Well, moving back to the fight you have, the you know the task at hand. Give us your thoughts on uh, Nawad Laha as an opponent. What kind of challenges does he present for your skill set? Uh, he he poses a lot of challenges, you know. He's my first fight back up to 145, you know, so you know, obviously the strength is going to be a different strength, you know. Um, uh, he's yeah, he's going to be a guy who I haven't matched up with, like a judo guy. I haven't matched up with a guy who likes to throw, throw guys. I haven't, you know, he's a guy like me in a sense where he likes to take guys down and choke them out on top, you know. So uh, it's going to be a battle, you know, who's going to be there and post their will and get on top. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You know, you guys both have a high percentage high percentage of wins by submission. Uh, you know, and given your background as a wrestler, are you anticipating a chess match on the ground, or are you going to be looking to showcase maybe more of the stand up in, in this fight? Definitely, definitely the stand up. You know, uh, he, uh, you know, he. My goal is to bring him to waters where he doesn't feel comfortable. You know, and so when I get a guy who feels comfortable on the ground. You know, I want to, I want to stand up. I want to stand up. You know, I get a guy who's comfortable uh, standing up. I want, I want, I want to take him to the ground. You know, and so um, now that's that's my that's my outlook on it. And so, um, you know, fight night. You know, everything changes. You know, for some reason. Yeah, um, it's hard to predict once you finally get in there, right? You know, you know. So um, you won't really be able to tell. You know, the only thing I can do is try to convince myself that you know, what I want to do and um, make the right um, game plans here in the gym and be able to execute it in, in, inside the fight, you know. Because believe it or not, we're just like NFL players, you know. But we're putting together plays, you know. We put together these combinations and stuff for a specific team or a specific fighter, you know, in hopes that we, we get a home run or we, we get, you know, a, a long fucking... Uh, rushing touchdown, you know, something, something big, you know, and so um, we're trying to execute our high plays. This is um, these guys are there, so um, 
the ball is executing the game plan. Right, and as far as game plan game planning goes, I mean, it can all change once you get in there, and it's all about adjustments from that point on. How well how well can you adjust and adapt in there? Um, but you you captured this this title in 2017. You've since then you've defended it once uh, successfully back in March. I'm wondering though, you know, you mentioned you you want to capture multiple titles, but depending on how things go next weekend, are you looking to compete again at featherweight immediately, or will you try to defend the title if there is a challenger willing? Featherweight immediately. I need that title. I need that. I need to have the belt before the end of the year. You know, like that's mine. That's ours. Like I owe it to my fans. I owe it to my family and and, and all the coaches and, and the sacrifices that have been made for me. You know, um, that there is is my belt. You know, by the end of the year. Now, who do you see as the next contender at 135 pounds for you? I know you say nobody's willing to sign on the dotted line, but if you had to pick a guy, who do you think's most likely to be next at bantamweight? Well. The- well, the very first guy will be the the last guy who who won a, a match at or a fight at one one forty one thirty five, and I don't remember. I don't know who the very last person to win a thirty five pound fight was McDonald. Now, outside of myself, you know, um, I think uh, he would be a good guy to you know test my skills against. But you know, there's other guys in the weight class that's coming along. Obviously, McDonald messed his hand up. You know. He deserves some time off after a big win like that, you know. So that's when Ben Dayhouse comes into play with uh, McAllister. Um, one guy like to talk a lot of crap, you know, and, and another guy who, you know, is not is not much on him, you know. So I think these two guys are um, going to be guys that's going to be able to step up into the division and, and make a big splash early on, you know, and, and definitely fight for a title fight, you know, in their next fight, you know, the winner of this. But, um it's uh, it's uh, it's not gonna come probably as soon as they would like, you know, because you know they don't want to sign the fight. They want to make me go up to forty five and wait for them to figure it out. No, you don't. It's not like that. You don't like you don't run away from a title fight. You you fight the title fight, you know. And so that's what I'm gonna do. If you don't want to take this title fight, okay, I'll fight on the same card as you, okay, for a non-title fight. But the next fight is gonna be the title fight. And guess what? You're not in it. Right. At the end of the day, you should be running towards the title, not away from it. So I completely understand where you're coming from there. But one guy that has a lot of hype behind him right now uh, and has really proven his ability outside of Bellator is uh, Juan Archuleta. He's a good friend of the show. And and the last time we had him on, he he specifically said that he's got his sights set on you. He thinks you're the most interesting matchup for him uh, right now. Uh, Is that a matchup that would interest you going forward? You want to know what's funny about that? I meant somebody mentioned that to me, and I was like, "Nah, not Juan, not Juan Angeletta." They're like, "Bro, Juan wants to fight you, bro." And that's a good source of mine, like you know. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of put it together, put two and two together. I went to a fight, his last fight, down to two, two, I believe, two or three, and put on a good performance. Uh, Juan Angeletta is one of those guys who. Still is a little underdeveloped, you know. I see he's a little wild, you know. He goes so broke, and you know he's he's got a lot of holes in this game, you know. And so, if that opportunity were to come, you know, I probably well personally, I don't really care. Personally, I don't care to fight Juan Archimeda. I know I beat him up, okay, but he's not in the picture right now for me, you know. Right. He's not really like a guy who I really see like oh. 
he's a threat or he's uh, going to help me get to the next level. And as far as I can see, like, he has to prove himself against these guys or one another fight and fight. If he wants a title fight, then come fight me. Like, you know, because at the end of the year, I'm going to be a two-division champ. So these guys are going to have to figure it out amongst themselves. Who actually wants to fight me? And it's not going to be no regular fight. It's going to be for a title. Right, right. Well, this is my last regular fight right here. Right. So the, to, to me, it sounds like your game plan is to, is to be not only a two division champ, but be the guy that other people are having to figure out. You know, you're you're the man to fight. You're not even going to have to do any matchmaking. Everybody should have their uh, their target set on your back, right? Exactly. That's the goal. You know, that's a, that's the only reason I'm in this for. Everyone want to fight me. You want to fight me? You know. So that's the thing. You know, Bellator's gotta gotta let me have this one. Like they gotta let me go out there and finish this guy a lot, and then let me be a two division champ by the end of the year, and let these guys try to come for me. Now, changing gears here for a moment, I'm wondering, you know, how are things down at Alliance today, man? One of the best gyms in the world, a little bit under the radar, but but nonetheless, one of the most solid camps uh, in the business today. How are things down there, man? It's solid indeed, man. Everything's going good, you know. Uh, we uh we got the best camp in the world, you know. And as you know, Davis, you know, guys like that, having guys like that around, you know, it's it's just uh, everything I imagine it to be, you know, coming into the, the sport, you know. Uh, obviously, I think a few gyms, you know, but you know, I know what I'm used to. I know what I'm used to, you know. I know how to train, you know, and, and I got hit at that point, you know, it was like a perfect fit. As you know, that want to be champs, you know, guys that won't shy away from a, a, a little fight, you know. And so having those guys, it just rubs off on you. And, and just, uh, you look over to the left and you see this this guy, Joe Davis, grinding like he does. And look over to the right and you see, you know, Jeremy Stevens grinding like he does. And, you know, Dominic Cruz is pushing you then. You know, that's all the motivation you need right there. Absolutely, man. Iron sharpens iron. It's all about the guys in the room that you have to work with on top of the training and the quality trainers that you have. But, uh, you know, speaking of Dominic, how is Dominic Cruz looking right now? Do you think he'll be able to come back and fight Dillashaw soon, or would you prefer to see him take a warm-up fight? Dominic Cruz. If he doesn't get an immediate uh, title shot, then I don't know what the sport is all about, you know, personally, you know, uh, because I feel him every day, you know, I, I, I see the crime that he's putting in, he, you know, again, he's looking as good as he's ever looked since I've been here, you know, he's feeling that, so, I'm I'm expecting him to be fighting TJ Dillashaw and being a, being a world champion by the end of the year as well. Yeah, I think, I personally feel like that's the fight to make, and I, and I know that, uh, that TJ's wanted the rematch for a while, so... Uh, hopefully that get that fight yeah. gets done, but like you mentioned, man, you know, working with guys like Dominic and all those other killers at Alliance on the day to day basis, you know, that that only hones your skills but boosts your confidence about being one of the best in the world. Not to mention a guy like El, uh, Eric Del Fierro, you know, a mastermind in the game who who doesn't get a lot of recognition. No, nah, he doesn't really care for recognition, and you know that's that's one of the things that you know I, it really drawn me to to that guy. You know, is the fact that. He's, I know he doesn't really care to be in a spotlight, you know. He just wants 
the best best athlete on the night that he's supposed to perform. You know, he just wants to bring out the best athlete that night. So, uh, and he does a great job doing it. So, uh, to have Eric in my corner, man, is it's a uh, it's an athlete's dream. It's a fighter's dream. Yeah, like as I mentioned, mastermind of the sport, and like you said, doesn't really care for the limelight. So it's a beautiful combination. But listen, getting back to August seventeenth, uh, assuming you come out of this fight unscathed, I know you said you'd like to be fighting for the featherweight uh, title before the end of the year. But how quickly can you realistically get back in there? Uh, well, um, I'm thinking what's this August, September, October. I'm thinking early November. You know, early November, I'll be ready to scrap again. All right, very good. So you're thinking uh, get another one in before the end of the year for the title, going to 2019 as a two-division champion. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So in regards to Nawad Lahat, man, what's your official prediction for this fight? How do you visualize it all playing out, and how's your how does your hand get raised at the end of the night? Uh, well, um, my hand gets raised real high. Um, <laughs> as, uh, as I... As I'm be going six to zero at one forty five, you know. Um, but I see the fight, you know, playing out. Play, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna leave Noah Lahat stiff. You know, if he doesn't tap out, you know, if he doesn't, if I don't knock him out, he's 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 gonna be stiff somehow. So one way or another, you so get the finish. Me off, uh, pushing, I'm finishing this guy. All right, man. And in conclusion, tell all the fans out there why this is a fight they don't want to miss, why they need to make sure they tune in on October, uh, August 17th, Bellator 204. Because the Wolf is fighting, so uh, anytime the Wolf fighting, uh, it's something you don't want to miss. Uh, you're looking at a, at, at a future goat, so uh, make sure you tune in. All right, awesome, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today, Darian. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, very much looking forward to the fight and all the future has in store for you. Multiple weight world champion. Uh, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yeah, man. Shout-out, like we talked about earlier, my, my training partners and my coaches, Eric Del Fiero, um, Bad Boy, uh, uh, American National, Oak Grove, Turp House. Watch uh, my They're going to hold me down. I appreciate it, you know. Alright, thanks again my friend uh, Best of luck next weekend You have a great day, brother Thanks, brother Take it easy First time speaking with Darian It was a pleasure to have him on Definitely a very talented guy Working with one of the best camps in the world Alongside guys like Dominic Cruz And many others Which you heard him mention Another ambitious athlete in this sport looking for two titles. We'll see how it works out next weekend. Bellator 204. If he gets the win over Nawad, there's no reason that we couldn't see him challenging for that title at the end of 2019, as he mentioned. But let's keep the trainer rolling. Coming up next, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Good friend of the show, Master Splinter himself, Dwayne Bang Ludwig. All right, Penn Nation, it's been a while since we've had this next guest on the show. I'm very much looking forward to catching up with him. He's the modern-day master, master splinter, head striking coach of the current UFC bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw, and a good friend of BJPenn.com, the one and only Dwayne Bang Ludwig. What's going on, Ninja? How have you been, man? Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I love you guys. Uh, life is good. Life is good. I'm just... Uh... 
playing the details that happened in the fight, the things that we trained leading up to it, seeing them being expressed, retaking the information, refining that, and then sharing it with my students. So it's just a uh, continual cycle of martial arts uh, re-evaluation, reanalyzing, redeveloping, discover, develop, master. So just always refining things and making sure I'm finding the proper areas for success when it comes down to the matter situation and how to properly train, drill, and share that also. So it's just fun, man. It's purpose, purpose and passion. I love what I do. You're like a combat computer, man, always processing data. Nice. Yes, sir. That's for <laughs> sure. That is for sure. Well, listen, before we get into things, have you been enjoying the summer with the wife and family? You know what? It's slightly, I've been spending, you know, going half a week to California and half a week here, so my kids' summer vacation, where there was no actual summer vacation, they basically stayed home and did a few things here and there, but the school actually starts next week, so actually, I guess, um, I'm not quite sure you can, I, uh, I would just say, forfeited <laughs> my kids' summer to gain a title, so I guess it worked out, though. It was, you know, it proved to be a successful thing, a good, a good venture, so happy for that, for sure, and the kids love Uncle TJ, so they understand. We had a good time, but uh, right, right, I need right. to do something with them this weekend, but we have Glory this weekend now, too. Uh, Glory is here in Colorado. I have two guys on the card, and that's just one of the reasons why I don't have a fight team. It just takes too much time from the family you know I have a dedicated few people and even that just takes up a lot of time so uh, I'm the best at what I do but it's a very select few that I can work with right uh, best time and all these things together sorry jumping around no no That's no always, right? holy shit man they're already going back to school yeah they go back to fucking school next week man so it's like shit literally really? the whole yeah. summer was dedicated to TJ's fight camp so I'm definitely glad he won right for right. many reasons well, real quick, well, you know, speaking of family, I see that you have a new addition to the Ludwig clan, a beautiful pup named, I believe, Sasuke. Is that a pit bull, or, is that, or am I off on the breed? Uh, one more time, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, the new addition to the family, your dog, I believe it's uh, Sasuke, is how you pronounce it? Oh, Sasuke. Yeah, Sa- Sasuke, Sasuke, Sasuke. Sasuke. I love that guy. I'm going to go back to the car, Coach. I'm going to go back to my car real quick just so I can show you. I mean, we just walked into a restaurant, Tokyo Joe's, to uh, eat, but too loud for now for the interview, so... Uh, yeah, I got Sasuke. What was the question about Sasuke? Oh, oh fucking Sasuke, though. He's funny, man. The, uh, uh, so I got him from my buddy, uh, Josh. He's from Coastal Bullies. And the fucking dog, every time we put him out back, we go out back, he just ate something. I'm like, shit. So he definitely <laughs> makes sure that we, uh, clean up the backyard. But the guy, he'll fucking chew ceramic, like, we have ceramic gnomes in our backyard. He fucking chewed it. It's crazy. Yeah, man, those dogs, they're, they're amazing dogs, super loyal, but when it comes to eating shit, man, not the smartest breed. <laughs> Fuck, man, it's crazy. <laughs> Official guard dog of BMT headquarters, I presume. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, he's an awesome sweetheart. He just likes to chew shit. Right. He'll chew on rocks. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you take it away, they look at you like, why don't you take it away? Fucking rock. <laughs> All right, so listen, so let's get into it. You know, TJ defended the title over the weekend with another killer performance. Uh, He called it before the fight, as did you. You guys would go out there, get the finish in the first round this time. Uh, Did everything go to plan, in your opinion? Did everything go to plan? Everything? Well, we were looking to counter his right hook with with, well, we had a couple options to counter it with. One of them was our own, you know, right hook. So, uh, yeah, I guess, short story, yes, everything 
worked out as it was supposed to, as we intended. But, you know, we've had a couple options, so that was option A. What was option B? Well, there's just other options. I don't want to give them all out, right? Okay, but we fair do enough, know that, well, we weren't you're not quite sure if Cody or TJ hits harder, but we do know TJ takes a better shot, and we do know that Cody leaves his head up in the air, chin up in the air, and leaves his left hand down and throws his right hook. Like very, I mean, there, there's two basic combinations in all of combat sports. There's the double jab, and then there's jab cross. Those two things you should have mastered. When you throw the cross, your lead hand should be up, elbow in, chin down, peeking through the bushes of your eyebrows. Um, apparently he missed those those pointers, and so did all his coaches. <laughs> apparently he's been he's done that for years. It's it's you know I'm glad he made the mistake. He gave us that opening, but it's like fuck, man. Like it's just crazy because you see these high level athletes, and he won the you know he won the title. He was the best best fighter in the world one time, and but he still makes all these technical errors. It's just always crazy to me to see these high level people make such basic technical errors. And I'm saying basic, you know, any ninja combination and drill is just a combination of the basics, so make sure you master the basics. But nothing's ever mastered, but do your best to do that right. And then, like, that's the definition of, of us. And us is spelled OSU, and it means to push and to endure, and to hide your ego and get better. It makes sure you put the focus in the proper area. When you throw the fucking cross or the overhand or the rear hook, your lead hand should be up up win. I mean, we all know that, but if you do it, it just, it's crazy to me to see... Now, I'm, I'm, we're happy for it, obviously, but just crazy to see people still make these basic technical errors. Well, I mean, that goes I back mean, to that goes back to the fact that you always need to work on the fundamentals, right? You always have to keep that stuff all sharp. All love a master from the basics, yes, sir. One hundred percent. Now, you mentioned you mentioned the right hand there. Cody thought he had TJ uh, hurt after one of the exchanges, went in for the kill. TJ tripled up on the right hand and landed the punch that led to the finish. Uh, give us your breakdown of, of that sequence. Was that something you guys had been working on? It sounds like it was. Yeah, we had, we were working on that. As we work on, on many things, there's just another layer. We spent more time on that one specific exchange. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously worked out. To break that down, though, off that, so TJ went through a front kick, and Cody went through a Superman. They kind of intercepted each other's combination. They had a little scramble, and Cody hit TJ with a couple right hooks, and then off that scramble, TJ backed up, planted his feet, and that right there is a very specific drill that we do in our system. It's called the plant. We call it plant. Back up, plant, and feet to the right hand. Um, we also call it the KO drill. We actually have two names for it. There's two things for it, depending on what the angle is. But from when I got the fastest knockout in the UFC history, backing up, planting my feet into the right hand, same thing TJ did to initiate the three right hands in a row. You know, he backed up off the exchange, planted his feet through the right hand, Cody's through the right hand, through another right hand. Now here comes the ego effect. Monkey see, monkey do. Hit me with something, I want to throw the same thing back. So he engaged Cody into the firefight of the right hand, and then the third right hand, he got his head off the center line, allowed it to miss, and punched with the longer hook, and caught Cody on the way in. So it was masterful, it was beautiful, and to be able to make those decisions in the heat of the moment during the title fight, that's what separates champions from the runners-up. And TJ is a very exceptional athlete. He's not just a champion of the division. We are witnessing something great in the martial art world of a human evolution. He is the greatest martial artist to have ever lived at this moment right now. I am very fascinated, and I look at him as a fucking science project to see how good the human can perform in martial arts. Right now, he is the current modern-day Bruce Lee. No fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. He, he he looked damn good in there, as he always does. But, uh, j- you know, j- just seeing somebody triple up on a on a right hook like that, I was like, wow. Uh. But there is it's not just tripling up. It's like right in front of each other, right hand, right hand, 
Now, something I always tell my guys, and they know, head in motion while you're throwing. So you got his head off the center line and to the last right hand, which I ended up dropping him. Because we, we are aware of the power hook zone of, of each of us, and uh, I don't want to give up too many details of what we do, because there are actual secrets, because, uh, well, look at the proofs in the pudding. You know, we beat him with the right hand twice, once in open stance, once in close stance. So right. you tell me who's doing their research and making strides and gains. Right, right, absolutely. You know, let this be a lesson. I don't know if you're going to put this, like, how you're going to put this on the Internet, but this is a lesson. I say this to myself. Mind your business. What I mean by that is quit looking over the fence of your neighbor's yard and see what everybody else is fucking doing. Mind your business. Get better at what you need to be doing. Focus on what you need to do to get better. But also focus on what you're good at and double down on that. But find out other entries and exits off of that, right? Or perfect that. Curtis go with the right hand, but he's forgetting about the defense and the setups and the, and the, and the exits off of that. So, you know, while their whole team just kept pointing fingers and talking shit, all their focus was outward. How about focus on yourself, mind your business? Because that's what we did and it proved to be successful. I'm talking to myself here. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right because that kind of segues into my next question perfectly here. It appeared like Cody was still pretty emotional. You know, when Buffer was introducing the guys, TJ was all smiles. He was comfortable in there. He was ready to go. Justin Buckholz said enjoy this Enjoy the week, journey, grasshoppers. Enjoy the journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Justin Buckholz said earlier this week that he thinks the issue for Cody wasn't so much a technical deficiency but a cardio one. It sounds to me like Justin's just making excuses for his guy to me. Yeah, it was not even his guy anymore either, right? He got fired again. Right. Uh, well, that's another story. I mean, I, like, look at that. Like, uh, TJ, you know, goes against me. Everyone loses their shit. Buckles gets fired. Nobody bats an eye. It's like, fuck. Uh, you know, he just wants to have his name back. It brought back up a question. I mentioned his name. Uh, but So he said it was a... It wasn't the technical error, so he shouldn't have his hand up. He shouldn't tuck his chin. He shouldn't move his head. What, what are you saying? Well, he was... He, he, he not, was not you particularly, right? But, yeah. Well, he it, so, it sounded to me like, based on the article I read, that, you know, yes, yes, you guys pointed out the obvious with, with, with dropping the, the defensive hand, but he was saying it was a cardio issue for Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mind your business. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll get better in the dojo. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care about the fucking guy. Well, regardless, regardless, the bell came yeah. home with TJ. It was pretty cool to see okay, Sensei let's rooting talk about him in this. there. Let's talk about this. So that's funny. It's funny you say that because people are like, do you go slow and work on the technique or do you get in shape? How about by the time you get that fucking technique down, you should be in shape? How about that? How about working so fucking much that you get a cardio workout that by the time you get it down, you're in shape? Because I used to do that with my fights. I used to come in and train. How much weight did I lose? How much did I sweat? My focus on losing weight uh, without really getting better. But then I realized, you know, just focus on getting better. Enjoy the journey and the weight will fall off. And that's what happened. So, again, I'm talking to myself. Enjoy the journey. Get better by the time you master anything. Nothing's ever mastered. But by the time you get it down, you should have had a good workout anyway. But that doesn't need to rush through with all the details. Take your time. Understand it all. Pick up the, the pace of power will follow. But, yeah, uh, don't 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 practice ten thousand kicks one time. Practice one kick th- ten thousand times, right? I mean, that's yes, that's sir. the mantra. Yes, so sir. I agree with you. But regardless, man, like I was saying, the belt came home with TJ. It was pretty cool to see Sensei Boss rooting in the cage with you guys. I was right. So fucking man, I should have picked him. So fucking pissed. Three generations of top-notch martial artists together. Uh, what did Boss think of TJ's performance, and what was that whole experience f- for you? You know, to, to share that with him inside the cage. It was awesome. You know, I was a bit. You know, there's just so much going on. I wish I would have uh, 
I took a you know extra second to realize all that and not jump around so crazy. Uh, it was it was special, you know, because it's, it's literally martial art lineage, boss's system and understanding, and me taking that and and understanding that to mess my ability and adding on, giving my flavor and sprinkles and sharing that with TJ and have him add and sprinkle. And it's just compound interest of martial art knowledge. Right, yeah, no, like I said, man, it's it's cool. It's th- literally three generations of, of martial arts, all yeah, sure. all standing there together. It's a beautiful thing to see, and how you guys keep that original lineage going. You're loyal to it. I mean, that that's uh, that that's not too common these days. Someone has to do it, right? I mean, you you, you see these TV shows and these movies about all this bullshit, and you know, it's all a bunch of fake fucking acrobatic kicks and stuff. And then we're the real life. Mr. Miyagi, Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, Sprinkle, right? Like, we are, we're the legit Master Splinter and Ninja Turtles. We're the ones out there doing it, living it. Like, TJ's the real Bruce Lee. We're the real-life version of all these bullshit movies. For sure, for sure. And again, it was a beautiful like, moment. Like, as soon as I saw Boss come yeah. in, I'm like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Perfect, perfect way to end the oh, night. Yeah. Hell yeah. So That was a good birthday present, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. I forgot it was. It doesn't get much better than that. TJ gets the I win. I my birthday, too, until TJ said it. <laughs> All right. Shit. You're so laser-focused on on the fight, you, you forget your own birthday. Yeah, sir. <laughs> so, following the finish, TJ went on to claim the throne as the best bantamweight to compete ever in the UFC. Very hard to argue that, but... You know, I think there's still one guy out there that, that I know you and TJ both really want to get the rematch with, that, of course, being Dominic Cruz. That's got to be the matchup you guys are pushing for next, right? Well, it depends on what the goal is. I want to sit down and talk with TJ. I just listened to him on the Brennan Shop podcast, too, uh, below the belt. And, uh, you know, we're not really aiming. I, I, I personally would like to see that just for redemption purposes, right? Just Because we know that decision should that decision should have gone our way anyway. So for that aspect, yes. I mean, there's really, you know, TJ's the champion. What's the goal right now? To get back that rematch, to stack some chips, to go down to 125 and take that title, uh, to be the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, what direction we need to go for that. So it just depends on what our goal is. I would like to see TJ take some time off, kill up, take care of a couple things, go down to 25, take that title, and then go back up to 35. What I think should happen is Cruz should actually get a warm-up fight and like maybe Cruz and Marias, and the winner of that should fight TJ. Yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. I mean, Cruz has been out How so long. How do you come off, like, you know, getting your ass whipped to getting another, another title fight? Like, well, I mean, that's following, like, the typical ethics of martial arts and the uh, the industry. But, they're, you know, the UFC is owned by an entertainment group now, so it's about putting, you know, butts in the seats. And if that's the case, and if it, the point now is just for TJ to spend his legacy and stack some chips, then take the Cruz rematch, you know, right away. Uh, but I'd like to see him drop down 25, get that belt, that belt, and then go back to 35 and fight the winner of Cruz and Marias. Now, aside from a mouse on his eye, TJ came out of that fight unscathed, right? No injuries. Correct. Yes. So the fight you, itself, yeah. Right, right, right. So, so you said that you wanted to see him take some time off. I mean, are you guys thinking end of the year, early 2019? When would you like to see him? Come I back? like early next year. It would be nice. You know, I would take some time off, chill up, enjoy his family, enjoy his health. Uh, just settle in and, and uh, slow things down and work on a couple more things before we get back into fight camp pace because that's a bit higher pace anyway. So, uh, again, rest up, take some time off, and then slowly pick up some pieces and, and keep building and growing, right? Uh, you know, we're not 
we don't really game plan to fight one guy where we obviously do, but the overall goal is to pull out TJ's potential and get him as good as we can get him as a, as a martial artist. And just, I mean, in my opinion, he's the best martial artist ever. So we're just continually, continually adding and discovering layers within TJ's soul or wherever it is. Now that's the, our goal, you know? right? Of course, of everyone's course. Everyone's watching us. Everyone's watching us. We're backstage, or you know, we're backstage, or we're in the. You know, the, the fight week, warming up, you know, pads, everyone's watching us. Everyone's, like, trying to swim us. We're literally leading the evolution of, of martial arts. Yeah, man, and what he's accomplishing down there at the training lab, I mean, uh, obviously, Cub Swanson had a tough night on Saturday, but Juan Archuleta, all the other killers in that room, man, what you guys are doing over there truly is is, is brilliant and revolutionary. And We uh, have a good crew, yeah. You know, well, just pull a hell of a guy together is not new, right, but how we choose to think and tracking our progress and continuing to add up layers and have discussions and analyzing things is where we're separating. We, we sit and have discussions and talk and break down martial arts. We're just, we, no matter if we're in Colorado, turning up, wherever we're at, it's TJ and I and, and, and our guys like with Cub and, and Juan and, and the strength conditioning coach and, and their wrestling coach, Daryl Christensen and Mark Munoz. We have a really good crew all around us. And we just sit continually and just analyze martial arts, how to make this better, how to put the odds in our favor. Just continually. We're literally a, well, I am. That's my pursuit. Like, that's what the fuck I do is, is discover and develop martial arts. That's what the fuck I do. That's what I've dedicated my life to. And my prime pupil is TJ. You know, he's the one who's earned and deserved it. He's the one who's all about it. So let, let's do it. Let's figure out, let's evolve martial arts to a layer where he could be as successful as he can be. And look, it's proven to be fucking pretty sweet. Right, for sure, man. He's going to be climbing that pound-for-pound pound ranking for sure, if, if not getting that top spot very soon. Uh, but, you know, like you were saying with the training lab, for me, one of the big things that I think is uh, so important of what he's doing there, like he was telling me, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, it's not a money-based thing. You know, he he's not in it for the for the team itself to make a bunch of money or for anybody, you know, running the training lab to, to, to make a ton of money. It's just a place for these athletes to go to to get top-notch training with top-notch uh, teammates and, and well, it, it's there's there's a, there's a gym where you work out at, there's an academy where you learn, there's a dojo where you find your way. Right. So that building is one of or all three, depending on what you're there to do. And I'm there to find my way and TJ's way, the way of martial arts. It's a dojo. And we're there to discover and develop martial arts. So it's uh that's what kind of, it's literally a martial art laboratory. And, you know, so is my place. It's like, just wherever TJ and I are, we're, uh, we're a, a traveling martial art laboratory right. at its highest level. Absolutely, absolutely. Pinky and the brain. What are we doing today? The same thing we do every day, TJ. <laughs> Not try, but take over the world. Right, absolutely. One belt at a brain, time, one fight at a time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So listen, ju just to stay on Dominic real quick, Dominic Cruz, he had said earlier this week that you 100% live vicariously through TJ. Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, right. Now, well, listen, it was it was like as if he meant it to be insulting, but I don't see it that way at all. You've told me many, many times that you have the best he job in the world. He's a negative crybaby, right? Right, right, right. He's a fucking crybaby. You've told me so many times that you have the best job in the world literally playing the UFC game in real he life. He's just like salty and sad that he don't have a, a knowledgeable coach that has his back till death. Like, I love TJ. He's family. I'll do whatever the fuck I need to do to take care of that guy, right? Sorry that you don't have a knowledgeable, passionate coach. Yeah, I know. I, I just found it so comical. Don't hate like don't hate like everybody else is, motherfucker. We have something special. I'm sorry you didn't find your guy. And, you know, like, what the fuck can I say? Like, this is meant to be. 
Learn from it. Don't hate on it. Right, right. Take notes. Take notes. Fuck yeah, I'm living through TJ. Exactly <laughs> what the fuck I'm doing. Figuring this shit out. And that's what he should be doing. That's what a sensei does. Sensei means history teacher. From from those who've come before us. I'm taking the positive lessons from boss and myself and paying them forward, which is what we should all be doing as humans, is paying it forward. That's how we progress. Like it, it's, all a bar, it's all a part of uh, survival. We're trying to find... Every every human endeavor, everything that we study, we push the pace on it, you know? Like cars, technology, phones, computers, we try to find the best, the fastest thing to do. That's me in martial arts. And TJ is my computer, he's my car, he's my race vehicle. I'm fine-tuning him to see how well it can, a human can compete in martial arts. I'm finding the most optimal way that if it was an actual fight under UFC rules, who would survive? It'd be TJ. Yeah, man, you know, I talk about it a lot on the show. Very few people, a lot of people talk the talk when it comes to this, but very few like yourself walk the walk in regards to actually living the martial way. You know what I mean? So This is what the fuck I do. Right. Yes. I'm 100% in. I, well, you know, yeah, fuck, this is what I do. And I'm lucky the UFC is here and we have a strong, stable economy in the U.S. and the world to give me the platform to study martial arts, right? If right. we were in civil war and there's a war going on right now, nobody's going to an fucking academy to train. They're going right, to be home right. with their guns. <laughs> so I'm glad that we live in a civil, stable society. I think about this from many aspects, obviously. So I'm thankful for a lot of things. Very thankful for TJ at the UFC. I'm thankful for Cruz for being a, you know, a rival opponent for someone else to game plan against to learn and grow. I'm thankful for Cody. I'm thankful for all of this, right? Wow. Um, yeah. Again, I'm again. Thankful for you to allow me to uh, break this down articulately and verbally, and to share this, and for me to listen to myself also, and hopefully, you know, learn and teach and grow and share and help people become better. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm be, be thankful. Right. Don't hate on people. No, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 right back at you, man. I've always been very thankful for the relationship we have. But uh, how are you hey, doing you on time? How, how are you doing on time? I just have a couple more questions here for you. I'm good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the other big winner from the night, obviously, was Henry Cejudo. He wasted no time calling out the winner of the main event. But in most people's eyes, I think Mighty Mouse deserves the rematch. Is that a fight that interests you guys? It sounds to me like you guys want to go down and get the 125-pound belt. But do you think that uh, he should have to get the rematch with DJ first? I would like to see TJ get the 125-pound title, regardless who it is. Uh, you know... I have to watch that fight to see how exciting and close it was to see if a, if a rematch is deserved. Uh, not that, you know, me that rematch is deserved. It might be in the contract. They guess you need a rematch. I'm not quite sure how they negotiated that or worked that. But, uh, you know, for respect of Demetrius and when he's done, uh, I guess it depends again on, on, on how the fight, how it was. I didn't really pay too much close attention to it yet. But um, I think he deserves a rematch just for what he's done. But deserve isn't always what comes to, comes to uh, fruition. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, them doing a rematch. Ah, fuck it. I want, you know, I want TJ to get the boat. So whoever has it, I want TJ to get the boat and then back, go back up to 35 and, and uh, take the winner of Cruz and Marias. But Demetrius, I feel, deserves a rematch for sure because of what he's done in the past. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of people had it. Obviously, you haven't had a chance to watch the fight, but a lot of people had it 2-2 two and two going into the fifth round. Henry took the fifth round. Uh, then there was photos of DJ post-fight. It looked like he had broken his foot. I'm not sure when exactly that happened, but uh, you know, just considering all he's accomplished, I, I, I would I think that a uh, immediate rematch is warranted for Demetrius. Yeah, agreed, agreed, for sure. You know, it's uh, yeah, 
it's like after the fight, you know, Danny Castillo, they, they, you know, hit the, Cody's corner comes in the cage to switch subjects real quick. And tries, you know, give me like a half-hearted, like fucking, oh, good job, like, you know, fake ass. Right. Fake ass. Oh, good job, just trying to be cool in front of the camera. Like, man, like, don't fuck me, man, fake shit. Like, you know, I grabbed him, looked around, I was like, look, man, I love you guys. Like, I don't have no trauma. Like, just be cool. And he was hard, man. Like, well, yeah, I know it's hard, but fucking, you know, be a man. Like, get your shit together. Hey, guys, I'm emotional. I'm passionate about this. Like, don't come up to me and be fucking fake, you know? Be real. Like, you know, if it be cool, be cool. If you want to say fuck off, fuck off. You know, if you like, I want it, I'd rather be cool, you know? Right, but, man. Uh, there's, there's, hate, there's nothing. I hate the fake shit of the entertainment yeah. industry. This is bullshit, man. Yeah, no. Th- there's nothing more infuriating and insulting than like a disingenuous congratulations or thank you or whatever. Yeah, so I, I, I agree yeah. with you, man. That 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 stuff's not cool at all. There's uh, a lot of disingenuous in entertainment, so that's for sure. You know, there's people like, you know, on camera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cameras off to like talk shit. Like fucking be honest, motherfucker. Right. Right. Now, so for the time being, it's back to BMT headquarters working on the ninja skills. Uh, yes, sir. Ho- hopefully, hopefully it's something. Cool. I took what TJ did in the fight, and put it into a sweet little drill. It's a drill that we already do anyway. It's called a two cross drill. We just put little sprinkles on it. So, yeah, man, I, it's so fun. I love the shit. <laughs> so right now, it sounds to me like you, you, the, just to recap, you want him to take some time off. You'd like to see yep. Cruz and Marias fight. Hopefully, uh, DJ and Cejudo can get that figured out. You'd like to see DJ. Uh, you'd like to see Dillashaw. Drop down, take the 125-pound belt, and then move back up to defend the bantamweight title against the winner of Cruz and Marias. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I mean, when you look at a guy like Marlon, Mar- down. I I would agree with that 100%. I just think that maybe the time frame. I, I know TJ likes to stay active. I just don't know if time frame that that's going to work out too well. Yeah, we, I, I would like to just take some time off and uh, you know read. We just got to take care of a couple of things, you know, uh, health-wise, too, just to make sure that we're not redlining our body for too long either. It's not a race, uh, but to just sit back, heal up, and uh, add some more layers to the game, and then get back to work and, uh, next year. And then, uh, you know, like let's say, let's be facetious, 125-pound title at the beginning of the year, and then next summer, defend the 35-pound title. Well, that, that sounds like you've already got it all planned out in your head, man. I hope it plays out that way. I'll just go ahead and call Dana and let him know what's happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, real quick, when you look at a guy like Marlon Marias, I, I mean, obviously you guys have picked apart Dominic Cruz's game uh, extensively, but when you look at a guy like Marlon Marias, is, does he pose any interesting t- challenges for TJ, in your opinion? Challenge-wise, yes. Uh, you know, on some subtle things, right, but not not really, like not to be disrespectful to him or his camp because that's going to be a tough any. Any matchup's going to be a tough matchup, but as far as an actual challenge, the way I perceive a challenge, no, I really don't. I don't see Henry as a challenge. I don't see none of these guys as a challenge for TJ. Well, that that's another thing. TJ challenges. What? TJ. Him. Right. Right. And that's the that's the challenge for all of us, right? Ourselves. So, of mastering, he's learning to master himself. So, I'm telling you, man, we're we're for something great with TJ. He's a he's a very rare. Human being, ah man, like he really is. He's uh, he's, there's some, there's a lot more to this guy than people know. Well, he's you a very can, special guy. You know, I, I I could see it in the fight. You know, every everything was obviously all smiles. He really enjoyed being in there. But once it came down to business, where where he got clipped for a second, like you could see that he has an undeniable will to win. That you can, yep. you know, I mean, it's 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 so yep. evident when he competes. He's a champion. Right, and they're, and they're they're born. They're not created. They're extracted. 
right? Right. I didn't create TJ. I just helped discover him. I think he would have been a champion without me. I think he got there a bit quicker and a bit more, a bit more technical and understands martial arts at a level I don't think he would understand it without me or I would understand martial arts at a level I do now without him because it's a learning and growing process. But um, he'd be a champion without me. But, I, you know, I feel he's obviously done better with me than without me. <laughs> without a doubt, man. You guys... You know, like you said, your, your brother's outside of outside of the gym and inside of the gym. It's a it's an incredible relationship, and I think that it was it was definitely meant to be. But listen, man, we've gone about thirty minutes here. I I, I think uh, I think that suffices on my end. Is there anything else you got? Anything you think we missed? Uh, no, just gotta thank uh, GLC two thousand and Onyx for always sponsoring me and have my back. Thank you, um, Onyx Trevor Whitman, that, that motherfucker, one coach of the year. He's badass. He makes all the Onyx gear or all the all the uh, Onyx gear. So I got a, a lot of good, really good people around me right now. You know, TJ's got, you know, Muscle Farm. He's got the Training Lambs. got the Sam Televita, Joe Christensen, Juan Archuleta, Mark Munoz. And he's got a lot of good people around him and around us as well. We just have a really good, uh, uh Felipe uh, Delamonico. He's the uh, Gracie Baja, uh, Jiu Jitsu coach. He's got a really good Jiu Jitsu for MMA. We just have a really good crew around us, man. I'm just very thankful for everything that's happening and coming into place. Um, Kiki, or uh, Kiki Goosen, who's managing TJ, he's been badass also. We just have a really good group of people around us that's helping, you know, it's just a, it's a good win-win fucking crew, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I gotta tell you, man, with, with Tiki, the stuff that he's been lining up for these guys, I mean, the Van Heusen commercial, that wicked funny, uh, Boost Mobile commercial, have you seen that one with Rampage and Juan? Yeah, it's so funny, yeah, it's like 20 <laughs> funny, yeah. Oh my God! When Rampage throws the head kick in that, I started laughing my ass off. Yeah, I gotta talk to Rampage about that kick. We gotta get that straight. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen. Regardless of opponent, whatever happens, I'm very much looking forward to TJ's next step in this title reign and his journey as a martial artist, and your journey as his sensei as well. All the continued success of the team. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Dwayne. We'll have to catch up again soon. Greatly appreciate your time today, man. Yes, sir. Always. Thank you, sir. BJPen.com. You guys rock. All right, you rock too, brother. Have a good day. Hell yeah. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Later. Honestly, I can't say enough about Dwayne. He's been a good friend for all these years. Great interview, as always. Again, one of the most brilliant minds in the sport. You heard me call him a computer, a combat computer. He truly is just that. Tremendous to think that the lineage of Boss Rutten to Dwayne Ludwig to TJ Dillashaw and far beyond... Like I said earlier, it's not something very common in the sport today. I know he gets a ton of respect, but I truly hope that all of you listeners realize just how special Dwayne is, not only as a coach, but this relationship he has with TJ and all of the potential that they have together to really accomplish some great things and possibly change the game along the way. But we move forth, we march ahead. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, our final guest of this episode Good friend of the show. You guys love him or you hate him, but either way you listen, Colby Chaos Covington. All right, Penn Nation, the champ returns yet again, arguably the most polarizing figure in mixed martial arts today, making the welterweight division great again. Good friend of the show, Colby Chaos Covington. What's going on, Colby? How is that Florida heat today? Oh, it's hot out here, man. It's it's uh, I love it, man. South Florida, about to hit up the beach here in a little bit. Just living the American dream out here, baby. I hear you, man. It's been hot everywhere. Super hot up here in the Northeast. Uh, humidity is crazy. But I assume you're back down there, back in the gym full time, and and uh, you know following the victory tour. Yeah, 
just just getting back into training now. You know, I had to get this nasal surgery, so you know I've been out for a little bit, but uh, I'm just getting back into a training uh, camp here in a couple weeks. So as always, there's plenty to discuss, but but first things first, man. Congratulations on meeting the commander in chief, Donald Trump. That was an unprecedented moment for the mixed martial arts world. You're the first UFC champ to step foot in the Oval Office, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us about the experience. Yeah, it was it was the best day of my life. You know, I, you know, I knew I was going to be doing stuff like this from the beginning. You know, I knew I was going to be making history. You know, I, I spoke this into existence. You know, I've been talking about bringing the belt to to Trump in the Oval Office, and you know, it was the best day of my life, man. Trump's a really stand up guy, really funny guy. You know, he, he was a genuine, real guy. So, you know, we we, we shared a good moment together. And, and you know, it's it was definitely the most satisfying and, and, and best day of my life. I, you know, I'll have that moment for the rest of my life. And, and I'm just thankful I could give my belt, my world championship, UFC championship to Trump. You know, he, he was even a little surprised when I gave him the belt. He was trying to give it back to me. But I said, no, Trump, this belt is for you. You are the champion of the American people. So, you know, I, I had, you know, it was the best day of my life. No kidding, man. So it wasn't just the photo op with the belt. You actually gave him the title. Yeah, we we actually I actually gave him the title, and we he, you know he sat at his desk. We 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 shared some stories. You know, we laughed a little bit. We, you know, we just hung out for you know a good thirty forty five minutes, and it's just bullshit. And he's a big MMA fan, big uh big uh, UFC fan, and and uh, big wrestling fan. I didn't know he used to wrestle back when he was in high school, so. It's pretty cool that we come from the same lineage, wrestlers, you know. I guess that's what that's what all the greats come from, you know. That's what, why we are the great American winning machine. You can't stop this. Right. Magnum, so, baby. <laughs> so it, it, you got to spend 45 minutes with him. That, that That's quite a, quite a long bit of time, man. I, I, and it sounds like aside from just BSing and, and shooting the shit with the commander-in-chief, I mean, did you talk about anything specific or – it was just a good time, you know, chatting about combat sports and and uh, your backgrounds as you know human beings, I guess. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> we, we were bullshitting, but uh, he told me a funny story about pro wrestling. Uh, in this WWE match for WrestleMania, he had a hair versus hair match for Vince McMahon, and like right. in the pro wrestling match, you know, like Vince told him, he's like, "Hey, hit me hard, but don't hit me in the eyes or the nose." So. Just hit me in the forehead, so so Trump's like, okay, okay, and then and then in the moment, you know, he accidentally hit him in the nose and the eye, and afterwards <laughs> he was like, oh, I just got so caught in the moment, Vince, and, and it was just, you know, and then he saw him the next day, and, and Vince's face was all busted up, his eye was all cut, and his nose was like all messed up. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember that very well, man. That was a that was a huge moment for uh, for pro wrestling history as well when, when Trump got involved there for a bit. Uh, but very cool stuff. You know, initially when Dana White had posted the picture of himself with Donald, everybody reacted like, man, they screwed they screwed over Colby. But luckily the next day we saw that, that you were there as well. I'm guessing Dana did keep his word and facilitated this meeting for you. Yeah, Dana, Dana kept his word and, and uh, you know, made it happen for me. You know, I'm thankful, you know, that that I asked for this. Don't forget that, you know, I had to win my fight. I had to be a winner, the great American winning machine. And I, and I had to win this fight, you know, and, but you know, the fact that Dana had the connection and was able to get me there, you know, was really awesome. That picture actually came out because one of the politicians was a super Mark and he was like a super fanboy for Dana White. So he just couldn't resist on holding back on that picture. 
Really? So that's how it got leaked. There was there was a politician in the office that, that was a big Dana White fan. Exactly. He's wow. a mark. Wow, wow. <laughs> Marks are everywhere, huh? <laughs> <laughs> very cool stuff, man. And again, a, a very historic moment for, for mixed martial arts. And I also feel like it was kind of revealing in regards to a lot of the speculation lately that your relationship with the UFC has been a bit rocky. Seems to me like you and Dana on pretty are on pretty good terms, right? Yeah, I would say that uh, me and Dana are on good terms, and, and the UFC knows what's good for business, man. I'm about to make the UFC's ba- bank accounts great again, so I expect for my bank account to be made great again as well. So, so walk us through everything, how everything unfolded with this Woodley fight. You know, last time we spoke, you were very clear that that you would be calling the shots for the negotiations for the title unification bout. Uh, then we all get blindsided with the news that. Darren Till is going to fight Woodley and the UFC plan to strip you. Uh, you had said all along that, that you'd be ready to fight November, December. Why did the UFC opt to go with Till in your opinion? Uh, because Woodley has sat out for 13 months. He hasn't fought. He's a little bitch, dude. He's, he's doing his little soy boy diet out there in Hollywood talking about the Kardashians. He ain't fighting, man. In the last 13 months, I fought three times. I fought three top contenders, Dung Hum Kim, Damian Maya. And Ralphie Dos Nachos for the interim, the the real world title. I got the real world title. So Woodley's been sitting out, be doing this fake shit, and he was ready to fight on that day. So, you know, that day doesn't work for me. When we sit back and talk, I told you already. I told you, hey, I can't fight till November, minimum. So, you know, I'm looking at December, January. We're, we'll see. So, you know, I I couldn't fight on that date, you know, and Woodley was ready to fight. You know, it makes sense. He needs to fight, bro. He needs to prove himself that, that he can still win, man, that he still got it because he's old, man. He's like 36. He's on his little soy boy diet in Hollywood. All He's made this, his money already, so he's not hungry anymore. So, you know, it makes sense to have him fight the dough boy from, from England. That's a perfect fight. The dough boy versus the soy boy at, at UFC 228 for the number one contendership fight. Now, can you elaborate on the injury? It, it, it Not so much an injury, but it was the, the nasal surgery you were just talking about? Yeah, I can elaborate on that. I've had a, a legitimate disease for, like, the last eight months. This isn't just, like, a sickness. This is, like, a legitimate disease, and, like, it was crazy. Chronic sinusitis and a deviated septum, so, you know, I had to get nasal surgery. You know, I had... I had, they had to do some digging up in my stuff, sinuses, and, and they were all blocked and backed up. I mean, it was terrible, man. Like, I couldn't breathe through my nose. Like, at one point, my bronchial tubes were closed. Like, I couldn't get full oxygen into my lungs. And But but then it was like the risk to reward was worth it to fight, you know, at, at less than 100% because I was, you know, fighting, you know, to – you know, for a different purpose, you know, now it's like I'm defending my honor. It's like, I want to be close to a hundred percent. So, you know, it's just, it was crazy, man. Like this, this thing was not a, was no joke, man. This is a serious disease that I had and, and I had to get it fixed. Well, I think, I think you've definitely earned the right to, to, to compete at a hundred percent, but it sounds to me like you've been competing the past eight months with a deviated septum. I mean, that's no joke, man. I know Joe Rogan has talked about uh, having that surgery as well and how, life-changing it was for him i mean not being able to breathe through your nose as an athlete that's a big deal yeah it's a huge deal man i mean just i mean the mucus would be draining from my nose down onto my lungs so like i wasn't getting full breast and i wasn't breathing through my nose and like as fighters you need to clench your mouth down you know bite down your mouthpiece when you swing and tuck your chin obviously but uh uh yeah i mean 
it, it was tough, man. I was mouth breathing a lot in fights, like not closing my mouth because I couldn't breathe fully through my nose. So, you know, it, it was it was rough, man. And that's why I was. I, it didn't make sense for me to turn around and fight another championship title fight, two title fights in three months. I, I can't do that, man. I just fought a couple weeks before when they offered me the fight originally, and then I had surgery scheduled. So, you know, that's too quick of a turnaround. I needed to get the surgery, get healthy, and then, you know, I would have been ready to fight November, December. So. You know, it's a serious thing, man. It's, it's no joke, man. You know, that little crybaby two-faced Tyrone is out there fucking trying to say I need to take a, a Claritin. Well, you know, when we were supposed to fight, he should have been taking Advil because, you know, he was taking, he was offered to fight me multiple times. Last December and the year-end card in Vegas, he was he was offered to fight. But, no, he couldn't fight me, but he could fight Nate Diaz or GSP. And then he was offered the Ultimate Fighter gig. No, he couldn't fight me, but he'd fight anybody else. So, you know, he's a little bitch, and he needs to come back and prove his worth that he's ready for the money fight with me because I'm the draw now. He's not the draw. No one cares about that little race, Bader. They care about me. I'm the money fight. MAGA from 2020, baby. Yeah, and like I said, man, you, you had said all along to me, to many others, November, December, that's what you were targeting. I mean, it, it seems a little unrealistic to think that, you know, following a surgery, like you said, two two title fights in three months, so that's a little crazy, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a little crazy, man. I need I need downtime for my body and my mind and just digest and and just, you know, live a normal life, not fight. You know, I just fought five rounds. You know, I'm not going to go fight another five-round fight uh, on uh, another two months later. You know, I want to – this fight deserves a full, you know, build-up, promotional build-up, you know. And I deserve a full camp, man. Like, uh, you know, I, I, sh- I should go into camp feeling healthy. You know, that's I shouldn't be going into camp just off a five-round fight, just had nasal surgery, just fucking limping around from, from sticking my foot so far up Ralphie Dose Nachos' ass that I had to beat his ass for, for five rounds like that. So, you know, I deserved a little bit of time off and to fight when it's on my schedule. But I understand the UFC – you know, has a slot to fill for their pay-per-view still. You know, let them fill it with that number one contender fight. Now, it, it, just real quick in regards to the surgery, everything, it's all set now. You feel good. You can breathe now. Everything's 100%? It's not 100%. You know, you can hear it in my voice. You can go back to some interviews. If, if you go back and listen to some interviews that I did before my fights, like, it's pretty bad. Like, even a lot of people have noticed it. But, you know, it's on the road to 100%. I got the surgery, like, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago maybe now so you know i'm i'm on the, i'm on the the recovery to 100 percent, but i'm not there 100 percent yet okay very good very good so speaking of of making the fight in september woodley until what was your reaction to dana saying that you'd be stripped of the belt you know that must have been a bit of a low blow right i mean you were only asking for another eight weeks Nah, it wasn't a low blow man you know, I just, it was whatever, dude. They're not stripping anything, man. Let's be honest, man. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. So I have a world championship that I won fair and square. No one's beat me for that world championship. They can't take that that world championship from me. Everywhere I go, that championship's going to be coming with me. So, you know, until someone beats me, not and not a man alive can beat me. So, you know, I got the welterweight, the real welterweight belt. Let them fight that number one contendership fight. I don't care what they say about stripping. I ain't getting stripped of shit. So as far as you're concerned, and I think many people would agree with you, regardless of whether they officially strip you or not, you still are the interim champion, and, and once this fight plays out, you will be the next guy in line. Uh, but it, it sounds to me like Woodley was super adamant about fighting in September, or was the UFC pushing him to fight in September, in your opinion? 
I think that uh, Woodley was adamant about fighting in September, and you know he was thinking that I was just going to turn around and fight on his terms. When I told him, "Hey, I'm not on your terms, man. I'm not on your schedule. I'm not fighting when you want to fight." You know, he he did that to Damian Maya. He made Damian fight Maya fight fight him on four weeks' notice. And let's not forget that Damian Maya fight the the least amount of strikes ever thrown in a title fight. That's the only history and legacy that that Tyrone two faced. Woodley is going to go down for. I'm going to my legacy is going to go down. First fighter to ever step down in the Oval Office. First MMA fighter, UFC champion, to give his belt to Donald Trump. So, you know, when we talk about legacies and we talk about money fights, Tyrone is nothing. Now, Woodley said uh, that you never wanted the fight in the first place. He was doubting the injury, doubting doubting the surgery. He said that Till is the tougher matchup. What's your response to all that? Oh, the, the same the same things as every time that guy opens his mouth. It's fake news. So you know he needs to come prove that he's he can still fight, man. The guys the guy's old, man. He's he doesn't got it left in the tank, man. He's got no motivation. So let let's see let's see what happens, you know. And then we got to see if Till can even make weight. He's got to prove he can even make championship weight if he wants to fight me. So so you know and, you know he needs to lay off the cake. You know, he's been putting his he's been putting his kids to the side and, and laying off his family and not talking to them. He needs to lay off the cake, man, the sweets. Stop doing the sweets. Yeah, that, you touched on a lot of things I wanted to get to there. But first off, with the press conference, did you see the press conference uh, with both of these guys? Woodley got a lot of booze, man, immediately, right out of the gate. Not surprised. You know, I mean, who likes that guy? Nobody likes him, dude. I mean, he buys fake followers. He's the type of guy that like buys fake followers just so so he can look cool to people. Like he's just he goes around to Hollywood. He's taking pictures with people, the celebrities that have no idea who the fuck he is. But he's using his little fucking belt as a tool. Oh, I'm the UFC champion. Blah blah blah. Oh, recognize me, and they still don't give a fuck about him. So you know, I I don't pay attention to anything he does. He's a joke. And he's he's really embarrassing himself. All the shit he's saying is just it's making him look so fucking bad. He could have fought me. He could have waited a month later and we could have fought, but he didn't want to, bro. He's it just shows he's ducking me, man. He doesn't want to fight me. He knows what happened last time we trained in the gym together, so he doesn't want me to be the one to have to retire him and finish his career off because he'll have to live that down the rest of his life. So he could give it to Doughboy, no worries. Give it to Doughboy, you know, if I have to end the UK hype and all the shit that the UFC has put into Till as a hype man, then whatever. If, if it has to be him, then it has to be him. But but all I can say is, Tyrone, don't fuck this up. Now, you've stated that this is a nice number one contender matchup, and Dana has said that you will fight the winner. So regardless of how this all plays out, it sounds to me like the UFC is guaranteed that you will be the next title fight, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, you know, if you just look at the state, I mean, I'm making the loudest noise in this division. I, I made this division great again. I'm the sole reason this division is people even care or interest in this division anymore. So, you know, I'm the real welterweight UFC champion. And let's see what happens between this little number one contender fight. It's going to be the Doughboy versus the Soy Boy at UFC 228. Now, between those two guys, uh, who, who are you picking? Who do you like? Who do you like for the matchup? I mean, when, when you look skill versus skill, who are you picking to win? I mean, I never thought I would say this, but I'm actually rooting for Woodley. I, I want him to win because. I don't want him to fuck up everything I built. I built this fight with him for over a year and a half. I've been I've been begging to fight him, dude. He's he's ducking me every every shot he can. So I'm 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 begging for Woodley not to fuck this up. But you know I I just don't know. I don't know what's left in the tank, man. He's 
He's you know he's he's older, man. He's thirty six. He's he's been in Hollywood. He's on his little soy boy diet. He's doing his little B list movies that are going straight to DVD that no one cares about. He's doing this fake news stuff on Fox Sports, which we know is all Fox Sports is all a fake news website. Fox is completely fake news. And you just, you don't know where he's at mentally. So, you know, obviously Doughboy's hungry. He's obviously eating lots of cake, so he's super hungry right now. (laughs) Now, you know, I was going to say that to you later on. Uh, I'm sure you'd prefer the Woodley fight, considering all of the promotion that's already gone into this. And like you just said, this is going to be the one rare instance where you're actually rooting for Tyron Woodley. Yes, 110%. You know, I... I hope Tyquil wins it, man. It's probably going to be one of the most boring fights in, in UFC history. I mean, you're talking about a guy with Doughboy who just had the least strikes thrown to as well in the Wonderboy fight. They were playing patty cake. So, you know, and he got a gift at a judge's decision in, in his UK. He didn't win that fight versus Wonder Girl. You know, he, he lost that fight. So, you know, he's got to prove he can make championship weight and, and he's got to prove that he can actually win when he's not in the UK and getting judges decisions and then Woodley's got to come back and prove he can still fight because he hasn't fought in 13 months Jason he needs to come back and show he can still fight so let these little girls fight out for number one contendership no worries they'll be a gatekeeper soon after I'm done with them well uh, obviously the the big discussion here is is like you're mentioning uh can Till make the weight if he was not to make the weight it's almost like a, a safe avenue for for Tyron right whether he wins or loses the fight the belt wouldn't be on the line uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the belt's on the line for them no matter what for the number one contendership belt, so the True. real belt, True. it stands, I, the real belt stands with me, so, you know, whatever they do, I mean, Woodley's an idiot, he's already coming out saying he'll fight with, uh, Doughboy if he misses weight by a lot, so, you know, he's already setting himself up there, you know, to let Doughboy miss weight, so, who knows what's gonna happen, it's a circus, man, they should've waited a month more, I mean, honestly, it's not even, the, the pay-per-view's not even gonna do 100,000 buys, Darren Till is from the UK, where it's a non-pay-per-view market, they all stream that shit over there, and they all don't have dentists over there, they have shitty fucking teeth, it's disgusting, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother subject, but they don't, so they don't sell fucking pay-per-views in the UK, and obviously no one cares about Woodley. He always has to piggyback off John Jones and piggyback off Conor McGregor to make his money. So he knows we know he he can't sell pay-per-views. So let's be honest, this isn't going to do a ho- over a hundred thousand buys. They should have just waited for me. I would have easily got them five hundred thousand buys. I'm a seller. I can promote. I know what I'm doing now, and and you know I think I think they they rushed it. Yeah, like I said earlier, man, I, I was really surprised that, that they just wouldn't wait a month or two to, to, to make the fight that everybody really wants to see. However, clearly Woodley played a big part in that pushing for September. Uh, but, you know, you talked about Till there for uh, the controversial stuff he said last week. I just wanted to get your take on this, you know, claiming that he doesn't care about his daughter or his pregnant girlfriend and his only focus is on being a champion. I think he lost a lot. he lost a lot of support on that one. Yeah, it shows he's a fake piece of shit, and and you know, you, look, how do you not care for your daughter? You you were you're the man that fucking decided to go, you know, put your your dick somewhere and and not use a condom and be responsible for that. So own up to it, man. Take responsibility. Be a fucking man. So you know, that's that's sad, man, to see that, dude. That's disgusting, dude. We don't, but we don't allow that in America. That's not. That's not the way of the American people, you know. That's that's why I'm here, you know. I'm going to fucking go slap that little kid and fucking make him sorry for being a piece of shit. 
Now, regardless of the outcome, you'll be next in line. We've made that very clear. Hoping for the Woodley fight. That's the fight to make. That's the draw. Uh, all the buildup, the hype, and, and all the awesome promotion that I would very much be looking forward to leading up to that matchup. Uh, but regardless of the opponent, I'm wondering, you know, September, that leaves three more months in the year. Are you truly hopeful that you'll be competing for that belt before the end of 2018? Yeah, I'm I'm super hopeful, you know. Um, you know, it could still happen in, in uh, New York. It makes sense. It's a, you know, it's going to be a big pay per view, and they still need a main event. So, you know, I'm still hoping for. It, but you never know what happens in the meantime. You know, I know GSP is looking for a dance partner in Toronto, and you know, so he he claims to be the greatest welterweight of all time. But we all know that that's just claims. He doesn't even want to fight at welterweight anymore. He's a little fucking bitch. He's fucking trying to fight lightweights, and he's doing anything he can to avoid the welterweight division because he knows I'm here now. He knows I'm the welterweight champ. So you know, he knows I'm the true welterweight greatest of all time. So we'll see what happens, how things play it out. You know, you just never know. Nick Diaz, that little woman beater wannabe thug, he's over there. You know, you never know if he's gonna want to fight on the same card as his little brother and watch his little brother get his ass whooped by my teammate Dustin Poirier so you know you just never know what happens in the meantime but I'm 100% next and, and hopefully those little girls in that number one contender fight between the soy boy and the dough boy can fight before year's end so you're saying it sounds to me like you've got some uh some other ideas in, in mind uh for the for the interim or not for the interim but for the meantime GSP or Nick Diaz those are fights that interest you before Woodley yeah, 100% of those fights definitely interest me. Uh, big fights, you know, that's that's what I'm looking for, the biggest fights. I position myself as the as the money fight. I'm only fighter to ever go to the Oval Office and give his belt to the, the president. So, you know, I'm the, I'm the champion of the people, I'm the champion of the American people. So, you know, I, I'll fight whoever the big fights are. You know, I don't need no no belt. I already have my belt. I know what's up with, with the belt. I want to. I want to fight the big fights that all the fans want to see and excite the fans. So if that's what the fans want, I will. I will fucking take those little pussies out. Wow, that'd be that'd be some tremendous matchups. I know right now they're talking about GSP versus Anderson, and I mean I think that fight is long gone, and you know yeah. the, the, that that fight should have been made like eight years ago. But uh, that'd be very interesting, man, to see, to see you compete against GSP or or uh, Nick Diaz for that matter. I, I'd love both those matchups. Uh, but for the time being, man, it's just for you right now, getting in, getting in the gym, working as hard as you can and, and, uh, evolving as a martial artist, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, I'm living the American dream. I'm the, I'm the typical American patriot. You know, I'm out here working hard for my country, doing good things, you know, every single day though. It's not just, you know, you work hard when you want to work hard, even, you know, in America, sometimes when you don't want to work hard, you still have to work hard. So, you know, I'm just out here. You know, working hard, never, you know, just doing good things and, and uh, you know, represent my country to the max. You know, I want to, you know, I want to be someone that everybody looks up to and inspires to. And, and you know, I want to do good things and and, and, make, and show people that they can do anything they put their mind to. And that, that's the American dream, man. You, you start from the bottom, you have nothing and you work your way up. You keep working hard and you can have everything. But the fight, the fight, you have to be a fighter, and, and you fight every single day, and that's what I'm doing. I'm fighting every single day, so I'm getting better. I'm having fun with it, and then whenever the next opportunity comes up, it's going to be easy money like always. <laughs> well, you're 100% correct, man. This is one of the few few places in the world, if not the only place, that, that hard work and, and perseverance, you, you can accomplish your dreams, so you're, you're a living proof of that, my friend. And as always, I greatly appreciate your time today. Looking forward to the eventual title fight. 
or possible big matchups that could come in between and, you know, the fights that, that you are owed and deserved. Uh, I know we'll catch up again soon, man. Any shout-outs or uh, sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yeah, big shout-out to America. Thank you to this great country. Thank you to the troops. So the, the biggest shout-out is to the troops. You know, I'm gonna, I'm on my victory tour for my world championship. I'm going to take my belt to Fort Bragg and take it to Joint Base Langley Eustis up in Norfolk, Virginia. So big thank you to the troops. Big thank you to America. And big thank you to Trump. MAGA, baby. Uh, Trump 2020, man. Thank you. Uh, President Trump for making this country great again and, and thank you for putting this country first and and providing this country with more jobs and and a better economy for sure man for sure real quick very cool stuff you're gonna go visit the troops uh when is that planned uh it's planned in a couple weeks I'll, I'll I'll be hitting them both up so awesome you know, man not- awesome very up. cool stuff again Colby greatly appreciate it uh, always a pleasure talking with you, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to what's next for you, and uh, take it easy down there in the heat, man. I appreciate that. You guys, you're, are you over in Hawaii? No, 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 no. I'm 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 up northeast, man. I'm up up in Rhode Island, believe it or not, smallest oh. state in the in the country. But it is super humid. Been super hot. I mean, it's it's been like 95 and like 90 percent humidity up here. It's crazy. Oh shit! All right, well you stay you stay. Uh... Not too wet yourself and, and <laughs> dying of heat. Right. I'll, I'll do my best, brother. But, again, greatly appreciate it. And uh, have a fantastic afternoon, my friend. All right, my man. Be good. Talk to you soon. All right. Later. Love him or hate him. Like I said, you guys listen. Colby Chaos Covington, interim welterweight champion, going to be facing off against Tyron Woodley or Darren Till depending on how that fight plays out. Very cool, unprecedented, historical moment for mixed martial arts with Colby visiting Donald Trump, going into the Oval Office, and I'm very surprised to hear that he actually left the title with the president. But that's it for me, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I greatly appreciate all you guys tuning in. Be on the lookout next week for another episode, more great guests, more great conversations. And as I always say, make sure you bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on the sport that you love. Follow us on social media. Set up alerts. Get the breaking news as it breaks. On behalf of the whole team at bjpen.com, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Till next week, peace out, everybody.